Hello and welcome to uh, another edition of Video Games to the Max. This is episode 298 and I'm finally okay on the podcast in 2022. So uh, Mark, of course, is here with me. Um, so we did not intend for us not to have a show this late of the year. I, after two years of avoiding it, got COVID. Uh, thanks. Um, it looks like my daughter going over to a friend's house, then bringing it to us. So uh, unfortunately, my mom got it the worst of all of us. She actually has pneumonia uh, right now because of that. But she's starting to get better. She's technically negative. Uh, all of us are at this point. Um, I've had like terrible... It's weird. It's affected all of us. I never got a fever. My daughter got 103 fever at one point. My mom got a fever. My grandma never got anything. And she's the oldest one at 83. Um, I just got really bad, like headache, fog, and uh, fatigue really bad, uh, and uh, sore throat. And that's kind of the, and then the fatigue, headaches, and the, the head fog have continued on, which have made it really difficult for me to want to sit here. And do this, not to mention I had to work throughout this entire time because my job did not want to give me leave. They just, ah, oh, you can use your PTO if you want to take a few days off, but you can't have the whole uh, 10 days off or whatever. I mean, you can if you want to, but you're not going to get paid. Uh, yeah, this so, is when you should have gone in and infected everyone. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I'd already been working from the house because of the car accident. And it was funny because it was like right when they had started telling me, hey, you need to, you need to come back in, whether you have a car or not. You got to figure out something. And I was, you know, trying to figure out the logistics of this because they still don't have a police report for my accident. That's what happens, I guess, when you hit, you get hit by or hit police, whatever. And not having to share a car with my, with my girlfriend to be able to go to work again. I, I have to go back in on, on Thursday. So, uh, that being said, just wanted to let y'all know off the top, we are going to have an episode on Wednesday. Won't be a regular episode. It's going to be a special episode. I'm sure. If you have been watching video, any kind of video podcast or podcast in general this year, it seems like more and more people have been starting to do the uh, the fantasy critic video game draft. Kind of funny, he's been doing it for a couple of years, but more podcasts have been doing it. And Randy has always been, since they started it, really been being like, oh man, we need to do that. We need to do that. It'd be so fun. And finally, we made a league. It's the Video Games to the Max League. So if you're on the fantasy critic, I'll put a note in the description there if you have no idea what it is it's basically like fantasy football but for video games but you're not trying to you know it is fantasy critic not fantasy monetary success or fantasy sales it's fantasy critic so you know there's so many of the console warriors out there that love to use metacritic as a way to xbox has got uh 82 and ps5 has got uh 88 from all these games that come out we're doing that but basically we're trying to predict what game you think are going to score the best with Metacritic or Open Critic? I think it's the one that they have to deal with, actually, which I prefer. They have way better um, ratings. It's it's a more varied amount of writers and and content people that get to be on Open Critic as opposed to Metacritic. But still, uh, so that's the point: is you're trying to guess what games will do well critically, and you have to. We're doing a standard league, so you have to pick seven on that day. So each one of us, the five of us, uh, Daniel, you're picking. I think offline but he's going to be giving us his, his thoughts uh through text or whatever so the five of us will pick our games you have to pick seven that day and then 15 in total and of course once people start picking those we'll, we'll update you here so yeah if you want to go follow us on there i'll put a link in there and you can go follow the how we're doing 
on the video games to the max league. So enough of that. Of course, if you uh, this is your first time listening, you can listen to us on anywhere that there are podcasts. You know, anywhere that um, you listen to podcasts right now, we are available there. We're also available on YouTube on demand, or you can watch us live on Twitch when we are actually in the show. Um, so uh, this has been, uh, we're like a week away from where you kind of start really having the, I guess, some of the games that are going to be, I guess, talked about for January uh, coming out. And we'll talk about a few of those in, in the news as well. But uh, have you been playing anything? Uh, yeah, I haven't played a good a good thing or a good uh, amount of new and old games. Uh, which one do you want to hear about? Well, first of all, I know you had your uh, your trip with the ends. Unfortunately, you, you had the Final Fantasy concert uh It got canceled, canceled like the right? day before. That really sucks because, um, you know, on the on on the Outer Haven Discord, there was uh, one of the guys was also going to a Final Fantasy concert, but I think he lives in the Northeast. Yeah, and I, I think they're still going on. It's just, yeah, or some of he them got are. to go. To that that one actually went on, but it's crazy that the one you had gone all the way there to go visit Jens for uh, got canceled. I left on the 28th of December, and it got canceled the 27th. And it's like, cool. oh, man. <laughs> well, at least you got to still go hang out with them. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that was main, I, that was probably like, the main reason I wanted to go down there. Like, the concert was going to be cool, but, like, it wasn't, like, the, the most vital person, purpose, you know? Right. Uh, so, yeah, we hung out for, like, six days, met his wife, watched a bunch of movies, uh, saw Spider-Man, uh, went to one game store. They had, like, I don't know how big your town is. I think you live in, like, Homestead or somewhere. Right. Like, We're really Florida. close to Miami. Like, do they have game stores out there or, like, use DVD yeah. stores? Actually, halfway between, like, where in the middle between where you start getting Miami and Homestead, there's a few. So, like, in Atlanta, there's like one. And <laughs> it was kind of even yeah. off the beaten path. You know, he doesn't live in Atlanta proper. He lives in, in a suburb, I think, called Sandy. And there's like nothing. Oh, there's nothing. Ah. Oh, there's a second in Charles, uh, like, now. 20 minutes away. I don't know if you've heard of that place. It's like no. the U media store. And there was like one game store, but two other ones I, I was going to, I was looking at were already closed or like shut down. Right. And the other, who he knew like one other second and Charles, we went out there and it was also gone, but I, br- I brought my analog pocket down for, to show it to him. And he really liked it. There's not like, that's kind of probably been rough through the pandemic. Just having that, yeah, I think these stores, I don't know, I think they closed down before the pandemic. Oh, okay. Well, one, one funny thing is, I mean, if you think I have a lot of consoles, he has, he has probably as many consoles as I do. Yeah. Uh, and he was trying to find a SNES that I think was modded for, like, HDMI or better video quality. And he was right. digging around his closet. He took out two other Super Nintendos that weren't the correct one. And then he took out a box. It was an Xbox Project Scorpio box, like, the you know, the Xbox One. And he was like, oh, maybe it's in here. And he opened it up, and it was an Xbox One. Oh, I thought I sold this. He just, like, randomly found it. <laughs> wow. I love that he was like, oh, yeah, I thought I sold this. They'll be... <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, hey, I'll take it off your hands. You know, I'm like, right. I can give it a nice home. He also had, uh, he told me this a while ago, so I took a few. He has at least, at l- well, he, had, he had at least 12 copies of Resident Evil for the GameCube. Because I think he said he bought them. In a store that was like liquidating them, so he bought it for like five dollars a pop back then. You know, this was like twenty years ago. You know, so it's like, yeah, he has like twelve of these things, <laughs> or he had twelve. I think I took like four. <laughs> yeah, we didn't play any games. We just watched movies. Well, hey, at least so that's the point of hanging. You don't always always play games. I had the same thing when I would hang out with my buddy. He didn't always. Uh, we would yeah. play Rock Band for a little bit, but he he wanted to go do other things. Yeah, 
So. I mean, uh, he, he, to, to his credit, he actually has a lot more Game Boy games than I do. He liked that pocket quite a bit because, you know, the screen's on it really ni- it's really nice. And he was like, oh, right. I'm really glad I bought one of these. He'll hate me for saying this. The, the funniest part, and I'm not kidding when I say this, uh, he has spent, uh, he has tried to spend, I should say, $10,000 on audio equipment. Damn. He bought a $4,500 pair of headphones. Why? And, it, and, and it's like, my car cost $2,500. Like, you could have bought my car and then <laughs> yeah. you had two grand left over. Jesus, I'd love $2,500. I could go buy a used car right now. And then <laughs> he bought a six. Th- so that these headphones, he thinks are like the bee's knees, like the best thing okay. ever. Yeah. Of course. And then he bought a $6,000 DAC, a digital to audio converter. Right. And this is what you plug the headphones into to get more power. He's becoming like Tim the Toolman Taylor from Home Improvement. <laughs> he got the DAC when we when when I was down there, and I went to bed. I, I was in bed, and he, he he was upstairs setting it up, and I, and he woke up woke up the next day, and he was like, "Oh yeah, it broke within ten minutes." Oh my god! Uh, and it's just like stupid, like you know, audio computer that. Yeah, he said like it worked for ten minutes, and then it started getting like garbled, and then it basically just like broke, and then wow. so he returned it, and I think. He, he got like a credit from the company, like the store. So then he bought the headphones, like because he already ordered the headphones. But he's like, "Well, I can cancel my order and just use the store credit for the for the headphones." Right. He got the headphones, I think, two days ago, uh, and they also broke because it has like an like a left and right cord for the head for the actual like cups, and he plugged the cords in incorrectly. I mean, that, that shouldn't have been a huge problem. But when he went to pull the cord out. You know, the like the left cord is in the right right speaker, right headphone, and right was in the left headphone. When he pulled the cord out. It pulled out the adapter inside the headphone or inside the bud or the cup. Right. The, the thing was just like glued in there. So that's been funny to me. <laughs> I thought Mike spending six thousand dollars only for the thing to not work in ten minutes. Wow. Yeah. And he's on this stupid quest to get the ultimate audio experience that's never never gonna be fulfilled. So it's funny. Why? Just cause so he can I don't know. He wants to go deaf apparently or I've no I've still I've yet to understand <laughs> He's like, oh, it sounds so much better. But it's like, okay, unless it sounds five hundred percent better, as opposed yeah. to two percent better, which you think it, which it actually is, it's not worth it. <laughs> he did give you a nice pair of, uh, I think it's Grado headphone, like headphones. Yeah, they're like two hundred fifty bucks. To most people, they would be absolutely one hundred percent fine. You don't need a forty five hundred dollar pair of headphones, right? But I bought a copy of Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Land down there uh, for like ten bucks because it has no label. And then I got back, and like the day, I, the next day I got back, I picked up some stuff from a friend. She drove it, like delivered it. And the day after, then I bought an N64. Damn. All right. So, so finally, you just keep getting all these. Uh... Well, I, I'm finally putting that flashcard I bought for to work. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's fair enough. I've been playing uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. That that game's all right. I, I see now, I mean, I haven't played an N64 in at least 20 years. Yeah. I see now why people back then didn't like that controller as much. Well, yeah, I told you that when you kept well, saying... I, I still don't mind it. The only the only problem I have with it is its size. Like, I mean, I have yeah. an adult hand now. It's just like a hair too small. If it was like 10 to 20% bigger, it would be really good. But it's still better than the GameCube controller. Yeah. I mean, I, it's probably better than the Duke, I would say. As someone that, that's the Xbox controller that we had with the original Xbox. Yeah. For a long time, until they made the smaller one. Yeah. And, you know, then once you got used to the smaller one, it's like, oh, okay, this kind of feels a lot more comfortable. You didn't realize it was that uncomfortable. You had the option. Yeah. 
but yeah, I just remember not wanting uh, any more of those. Not to mention, like, the 64 was, from what I remember, was the first console, because uh, I didn't have my PS1 long enough to to remember having different... Like, for the PS1, I never really needed to have a knockoff controller. The 64, right. because we actually had... I had the the six kids in the house so yeah. we had to have the four controllers so to save some money you know uh you know my mom got some of the knockoff controllers like the interact controller yeah some of that there was this one that's uh that was like super fat it was like you know i, I don't know how to describe it but it was like even bigger than the one that you know you normally get yeah um and it would like cramp your hands like that but it was like i think like $15 cheaper. So we right. had two of those instead of getting four of the actual official C4. Nowadays, you know, you get used to, you might as well just buy the official one if you're going to buy other um, other controllers at all. Well, nowadays, like, they don't make cheap controllers. For, like, there's no, like, cheap PS5 controller, <laughs> you know. For the Switch, there is... Um, the, the Switch does have alternatives that are cheaper. Those but core not, not... controllers that are, like, a lot cheaper. Yeah. But nowadays, like, Sony and Microsoft, like, if you buy if you buy like a third party controller, it's more expensive. Yeah, or I mean, it's what like ten dollars less expensive. It's like it's not really worth the price difference to pay. Yeah, you know. So for old stuff, I'm playing uh, Zelda, which is cool. Uh, and I picked up uh, Mortal Kombat 11 finally, and I played through the first story mode, then like the you know the main one. I got like the yeah. whole ultimate bundle thing, so it comes with like all these like all the characters. That game is nuts. Like the story mode is just it's more insane than before because they just spend so much time and money on like the story that's just it's cool i mean don't get me wrong but it's just not needed right. whatsoever <laughs> uh but i uh, I, I liked it it was pretty challenging and then for new stuff i finished uh record of lotus war whatever the hell the stupid subtitle is in wonder labyrinth i just uh posted the review yesterday so yeah. i'm very familiar with that name yeah right about now <laughs> so um it's uh yeah i agree with you on the just let's name it one thing yeah. So that you don't have to keep uh, keep saying that entire long ass thing. Um, but uh, you know, you it seems like you like it. Fair enough. Yeah, it's not the best Metroidvania ever, but it you know for two or three hours, you know, four or five hours, it's perfectly fine. Uh, it does have it does have a pretty cool like Ikaruga mechanic where you like have basically elemental energy you have to keep swapping between two of them. So that was cool. And I did get Chorus that space game, yeah. and I like that. I think I kind of broke it because I got gear in the game that makes me like very hard. Like I can take down enemies very quickly. I'm still pretty weak. It's just kind of a weird imbalance, but it it's pretty good. I think I might like ever space two more when, once that actually fully comes out. But you really wanted that when it first came out, so you're not feeling. No, I like want... it, but like I'm not sure if I like the like the story or like the voice acting is very. I wouldn't say subpar, but very just kind of mediocre. Oh, okay. And there's also a lot of it, <laughs> so it's like uh, I'm not. Yeah, I was gonna say they really did uh, make a big deal about that. But the actual like flight is is really good. Uh, okay. My my only problem is like like I said, your ship is like very weak, and it's like well, I can buy hull upgrades like shield upgrades, but like I'm I'm locked by like my limp by level I think, and I have I have like thirty thousand credits, and I'm like, what do I spend this money on then? Because like what like weapons are very cheap. And like mm -hmm. up, like other like ship upgrades are like pretty cheap. It's like I just want to get a stronger ship, and I can't do that because you won't let me. That's not fun. Oh, Yind and I, 
uh, like a few nights ago, we did play more Demon Souls, and we finally agreed that playing a melee or playing a uh, magic character in the game was really good. After we, all this time, uh, yeah, wow. we were like laying waste. Like he was like, yeah, we were going to like one level. He's like, oh, this level was so is so hard when I was playing a melee a melee character, and you know, fighting this red knight took forever, and we just like wasted him in like three hits. And it's like, wow, a lot, lot less anticlimactic. That's why I don't like melee characters in these dumb games. Right. I don't want to get close up to these enemies where they can hit you <laughs> yeah for sure no go ahead sorry no, i was gonna say yes yeah, that's been about it for me like metroid and uh i played metroid fusion on the on the pocket which is but yeah just chorus and a little mortal Kombat. there's not a ton out right now as you as you might know yeah i mean there's there's really not one game that i'll talk about uh when that came out you know a couple days ago and there's yeah the rest of the stuff is coming like next week and then obviously Pokemon of the uh one game that I did play here is uh well I played both the games actually because I had found uh Heaven Dust on on a sale. Yeah, it was I think like 4 bucks or something like that. And I was like, "Oh, it's like a little survival horror kind of like Resident Evil." And I was like, "Okay, let's go for it." And it it really is just like a one of those like love letters to a genre. Or, or to a game series that came before it, they make a, a point to, you know, let you know that even in the, the second game of saying, yeah, we're, we're telling you that we love Resident Evil that much that we went, went ahead and made these. I, I played through part of the first one or, and then I was like, you know what? I'll go ahead and just review the second one because it came out on the sixth. Much better done. Like you could definitely tell like a difference between going from Resident Evil 1 to Resident Evil 2. A lot more going on, a lot more zombie, a uh, lot more like puzzle solving and just a lot more risk involved. It does, like I actually had to run into the problem where I ran out of ammo and stuff like that. Where the first game, you like really never run out of it. And then also there's no like, the second game actually has boss fights and stuff like that. The first game, you're just killing random zombies that show up. And then there's a boss fight at the end it doesn't really matter. You can actually get by it and not even have to, to worry about it at all. Um, but I, I really like just the, it's top down, it's isometric. Um, but they do a good job of just kind of taking what made those old school Resident Evil games. And it's a, you know, a Chinese, uh, publisher, uh, a Nordic, uh, developer. And they, I, I thought they did a over a good, overall good job of, uh, when I got to like basically the last boss, I was stuck on it for a long time because, I was out of ammo by them, but it does a good job of your shotgun and your handgun. They actually give you ammo when you run out. Like the other ones, uh, your well, your machine guns basically you're you're committing suicide if you try to use against that boss. But the the there's a hand a heavy pistol that's really good, but that one they don't give you the bullets for. So when you run out of bullets for that thing, you have to keep alternating between the handgun and the shotgun. And the diff the difference of space that you have to have kept messing me up so he'd kill me right before i would get to the end almost every time and i finally beat him i think after like 15 or 20 tries but it's cool because they each have like their own way that they end and it's you know i I just i appreciate sometimes when indie games uh take things that already exist and like adapt them into their own way uh speaking of another um indie game here that doesn't come out till next week uh but they were kind enough to go ahead and give a an early look at it, or like, let me have an early look at it, was uh, Gravity Chase, which is, it's out on PC and Xbox. Don't know if it's going to come out on, or well, it's not out yet, but it will be out on PC and Xbox. Don't know if it's going to come out on PlayStation or 
or Switch at some point. It's not um, any kind of graphics heavy, so should definitely be able to come out even on Switch. I'm going to go ahead and say thanks to uh, Keith at the Outer Haven for the gameplay. I just haven't uh, wanted to really hook up my uh, capture thing to, to take video myself. I probably should do that here before I get done playing the game, but it's basically like F-Zero. Uh, it's an F-Zero. Since Nintendo doesn't want to make F-Zeros because they say that they don't have a reason, they, they don't have any kind of new twist that they can put on the game in order to make it to where it's worth it to them to make and an F-Zero. And if they keep cranking out Donkey Kong games. Exactly. Uh, and keep cranking out anything else at this point. My, uh, it's, it's really, it's, it's cool. It, the it it has a whole 360 rotation as well. It's not just going side to side or whatever. So you can if you're one of those that gets motion sick. Um, if you go too fast, there's times where it'll actually make you go in a circle crazy and you'll lose your spot. So if you are kind of one of those that gets motion sick, I would uh, be careful playing this game. But it's really fun. There's not any kind of it's built more for local co-op. So even though you do have like a leaderboard when you play by yourself. And it'll kind of show your points throughout as you keep playing tracks. It doesn't really mean anything. It's just kind of there. Yeah. Right? Just kind of tell you where it is. Um, there's not any kind of like campaign or kart racing. Or like, you know, like a Mario Kart kind of thing. It's just the, your, there's tracks and there's three different kinds of modes. There's the regular racing. There's the combat mode where you can actually shoot down the the other, um, you know, AI or your friends. And then there's uh, Eliminator, which, you know, after every 30 seconds, they eliminate the, the lowest placing person until you get to the end. I just have to keep unlocking the next track. You have to gain a certain number of points, which you then use to upgrade your ships. So, and there's, I think, like 15 ships in the game based on three different speed tracks. So there are a lot of sh ships. So if you end up liking the game enough to want to keep upgrading a bunch of the ships, there's probably a lot for you to do there. But I think for like people that are achievement hunters or whatever, it probably won't take you that long to unlock everything. And then you may not have a whole lot to do. But I think for being an indie game that really wants to, it's, I think it's to me, it's uh, much better than that. I forgot what it's called. It came out early on the Switch's uh, life cycle, like RPM or something like that. Uh, it was also sort of like an indie F zero. I think it, this is way better than that is. So as far as like trying to have games that are trying to ape that, I mean, it's not wipe out or anything, but I think it does a serviceable job. And, and, you know, this gives you that game and it's only like 12 bucks. So it's not, you know, it's not expensive. If you want to have, if you're itching for an F zero and yeah. then you want to have that moment, you know, so there is that at least. So, uh, I mean, and that's pretty much like I played the, uh, Anacrusis as well that hit that hit um that hit Game Pass. It's technically a game preview, early access on feeding preview on the Xbox, uh, and it definitely feels that way. I played with you know randoms. It's a, it's a multiplayer like Left 4 Dead game. It's from Stray, uh, Stray Bombay, which they're developers that worked on the two Left 4 Dead games. So you can totally see where they're coming from. It's very much the same kind of thing. There's hordes of aliens that come and attack you. You're on this. Uh, like spaceship in the 1970s. So everything is sort of like that 1970s look with the it's colors. A, it's, um, a, it's a documentary game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the characters are, you know, you have the African-American guy with the Afro. Uh, you have a Asian lady, like a sort of like Latino-ish dude, and um, an African-American female with uh, also like an Afro. So 
they went for uh, that aesthetic. I don't know if there's going to be other uh, characters when the actual full game uh, releases, but right now that's who you can play as. Uh, they have special uh, big char- big uh, boss characters that show up, and they kind of you know give you a problem or, or whatever and, and make it anew for you uh, to get through. I had uh, several times where um, one of the characters died and you had to revive them or whatever. You know. I thought it was fine. You could definitely tell it's in game preview, though it doesn't feel very good to anything. That's that's a problem when you're you're trying to judge it based off of what it is, and it's not really great that I'm coming off of playing Halo, which has an awesome you know the weapon you start off with along with the assault rifle. This starting weapon is awful. Like it doesn't feel good to shoot. It takes forever to shoot. Uh, when you finally do get other weapons, like it's it's fine. I don't know. I just didn't find it that fun. The aliens kind of look cool, except especially like the grouper and, and some of the other, like the flasher kind of thing, the special ones do. But I don't know. They got a lot of work on that still. There's still chapters they have to add. They're still working on it. Um, but yeah, that's what I would say. That's one of those things that Game Pass works great for is you get a game like that that's for multiplayer, but it's not com- necessarily finished yet and you get to try it out. And yeah. if you're looking for something like that, I guess this fits that mold, but I wouldn't recommend it. Go play Black for Blood or uh, something else if you want a Left for Dead kind of game that's uh, made much better. I mean, uh, that's not the greatest game. <laughs> well, but at least that one's fun with your friends. And you yeah. can go play that solo as well if you um, now. So, But this is just not, it's not up to that quality. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, let's go ahead and discuss the new that's been happening. Uh, quite a few things from in between since the last time uh, we've done a show. You know, again, uh, if you had, this is your first time listening, we did do our top 25 of 2021, and we gave out our personal top 10s on the previous episode that's on the feed. So if you subscribed, you can go listen to that because there's still a lot of people that are doing those at the moment, especially right now since we don't really have a lot of uh, games coming out. But let's go, let's go back in time a little bit and talk about, you know, you mentioned the Xbox One uh earlier and yeah. you know the ps4 is still around well the ps4 is going to be around at least for another year in production because you know you still got some cross-gen games coming out you got uh you know horizon forbidden west you got maybe god of war ragnarok we don't know for sure if that's coming out we do know horizons sifu's coming uh week before that um we know that uh, what's the other big Sony game that's supposed to come this year? There's another one. I keep saying it in my head, and then now we're Is doing it, the show again. Isn't Gran Turismo or no? Yes, Gran Turismo. Huh. That's it. So we know Gran Turismo is coming in March, I think, and then Horizon Forbidden West comes in next month. So you know for sure, at least those two, along with the other third party stuff, is still going to be viable for the PS4 for another year. So in order to mitigate some of the chip shortage and everything else. We're going to get PS4s for at least another year where by this point they would have stopped production. Microsoft, apparently, at first they had said they were done with producing the Xbox One X because obviously there's a Series X now, so they didn't want to create confusion. And they had stopped producing Xbox One standalone digital edition, the SAD. But the Xbox One S was going to keep getting made. Well, actually, they had just stopped everything. That wasn't the S and X uh, completely without telling anyone. Probably smart on their end, so you don't have much con- uh, because that was a big deal with the the Xbox was 
man, all these names are so close to each other. How many people are going to go and buy an Xbox One S or One X and have the wrong one? I guess they mitigated some of that with that. But so that's it. There's no more Xbox One, at least, you know, other than buying it on on the secondhand market. Uh, do you think this is a smart move by by Sony to just we're well, gonna produce the PS4 still? There, there's two issues, kind of. Is one is it's not like PS4s are easy to buy. Like one right. of the articles is talking about, like you can't really just go into a store and buy like a new PS4. Uh, you have to, like order them from Sony, I think. And the second question I have is like, what chips or what components are in the PS4? That can't be like couldn't also be used in a PS5. That the way I say that is kind of dumb, but it's like, well, if you're using these parts for PS4, not not all of them obviously are in the PS5, but like, what's what's the material cost? Like, couldn't you? Wouldn't it be better to use it in a PS5 if you could? Yeah, I mean, there has to be uh, there has to be some kind of where it's not affecting it the same way. Yeah, uh, in order for them to say oh, confidently, we're going to just make more PS4s and not have the same problem that we're having with the PS5 at the Right. So I, I think that's the thing is, you know, at some point where, but are you doing this to try to get PB in your ecosystem, period? Because it's not like, I, I you are providing, I guess, free upgrade PS5 for most of these, or at least, you know, they're $10. So in a way... If you buy it now, you can also get the, the better version later, but you still have to buy the PS5. Like, if you're saving up for a PS5, why are you going to go and buy the PS4 if you don't have one already? Right. When you might as well just use that $300, which right now is $300, the same as the Xbox Series S. Why are you going to use that $300 that you could just put to the PS5 whenever it does become available just to go buy a PS5? Well, one fun, one fun thing I did a few nights ago was hack my PS4. Discover anything there? No, no. I mean, there's a pretty easy jailbreak for the PS4, but you can put games on it, so that's kind of fun. Like old, like any PS1 or PS2 game on it. All right. I mean, fair enough. I like. I just wonder at some point, are you gonna price drop the PS4 again to make this more viable for people? Because yeah, you can't play Horizon or God of War or Gran Turismo on Xbox, but. It's not a next-gen system, technically. At some point, there will stop being games made for the PS4, and then you will have a system that can no longer run any more new games. I think well, it's not. It's even less viable if you don't make it a. You don't do a price drop. I might as well go buy the. You know, another system. I can go buy the Switch right now for that as well. Don't worry, they'll still be cranking out Just Dance and Madden games for the PS4 for years on end. I'm sure they will, but you know, I just. I understand I mean, what they're what they're doing. There's other countries that you know have even less access to PS5. This is probably more or less. This is probably more for other countries than say like the US or Europe. Well, that's what but I was saying. Know. Like you can't you can't really even like buy a PS4 in a store right now. So yeah, they're not like yeah. making this for GameStops or you know Best Buy. Well, honestly, stuff. it's almost hard to buy any console period yeah. at the store other than the Series S apparently. So well, like, I mean yeah. the Switch you can you pretty reasonable reliably find, but that's old. Yeah. Of course. Right. Well, I mean, that's probably still going to go uh, for another couple of years, especially now the the estimates that are coming out of 2024 for the next switch. Yeah. So, but I like like I said, I just wonder if like okay, let's say like the PS4 use. I'm just this is a dumb example. But, like let's say it uses you know two semiconductors, and the PS4 the PS5 uses four of those. Like, why would you take away from the PS5? product you know product for, for that or you know what the cost for that you know 
Yeah. I mean, if, if it has no shared silicon, that's one thing, but it does. Like, it's not like the PS5 right. is a completely new technology. I mean, they'll probably sell these units out pretty quick, so I'm sure they're like, eh, whatever, fine. Yeah. Uh, there will still be people that will buy them. Um, yeah. But I, I understand Microsoft's strategy as well. Just, hey, we're really going to make sure that we produce newer systems. Uh, to be fair, I think that strategy has worked because I mm-hmm. I always see people saying, oh, I just got a Series X or I got a Series S or whatever. Whereas I don't really see that many people, I mean, at least in my bubble, right? In our bubble of, of gaming Twitter or whatever. I constantly, at least once or twice a day, see somebody that says, I just got a Series or, oh, hey, here's my Series S. Very rarely, like every couple of days, I might see one that goes, oh, I finally got a PS5. And then, you know, like a week later, they're telling, they're showing you the picture where they got it. So, yeah. like, that's the thing is the ratio between still very, uh, not close as far as how often you see a PS5 to how often, you know, Series S. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's Microsoft using more of their money to make sure they can buy chips or, or whatever that is. But, very interesting how that's going for for both the consoles right now. Um, how much of a shortage it is, and how much it's allowing the Switch to constantly obliterate everything uh, in every country, uh, especially in Japan, where they're like outselling even the PS5 by like I think it's five million to to one million or something like that. The last time they showed the sales, so yeah, it's it's crazy to see uh, how much this is also benefiting Nintendo in a way uh, as well, but. Yeah, just just figured we might as well start there since that's the one that's gotten a lot of people uh, ire this week about arguing about whether or not uh, it's a good idea for Sony to do PS4s or uh, if Sony's. Uh, I guess it's coming from that whole oh well we believe in generations thing and then all of a sudden everything is the PS4 as well as PS5, but it's smarter on on that end. But going towards other things involving Sony, a lot of Sony uh, stuff this week. PS Now cards have been are going to be removed from retail in the UK. They've already been removed in the USA. So if you go to a store now, you're not going to be able to go buy a PS Now card in the actual store. Uh, this is leading to, according to Jason Schreier Bloomberg and a few other folks, this is basically telling you, okay, Spartacus is for sure going to involve PS Now and PS Plus coming together in one package. Uh, what it is beyond that, we still have no idea other than the, the whole three tier system. And supposedly the last tier involves the retro game. More interesting, I think, Mark. And, you know, this is something that was supposedly going to be one of the big rumored things about the PS5 when it officially got, when it, you know, first got announced. You know, everybody was, I, I was talking about it. Like I even said, Oh, if this is really a thing, I think I might buy a PS5 like that day and make a bigger effort of making sure. Uh, you know, I got it on launch, was the rumor of, oh, the PS5 would be able to backwards compatible play everything. There are reports now that Mark Cerny has apparently figured out how to make that possible. Do you think that this could be part of Spartacus, of allowing uh, more backwards compatibility to be available? Perhaps, I don't know if that's going to be natively or not, but... It, that's that's the thing. Know. If it's a native thing, then they're being greedy. Right, but if it's a like server based or like virtual machine type thing, then they they have to. Okay, give so like forward. the big reason why you have to PS three right is because of the the engine. Yeah, the, well, the cell Supposed, chip. Yeah, the cell chip. So apparently, Mark Sony has come out, you know, with a perhaps a workaround. Do you think that that means now the PS three games will become downloadable, making 
whole retro experience. Um, I guess uh, even a bigger, you know, thing for people like to be able to say, okay, well now you can definitely, and let's say they go backwards in PS1 games as well. You have PS1 to PS4 and all you got to do is subscribe to this. Uh, well, that's what I was saying is if it's a, if it's a server thing, then they have, you have to pay for it. Right. But if Mark Sony just wrote a PS3 emulator, you know, in his garage and they're making you, they're paying, making you, uh, are charging you to use it, then that's the greedy part. Right. They can just release that as an, as like an app or whatever and go, Hey, if you had a PS3, if you still have PS3 discs, you can put them in or you can just start buying them from us. Yeah, I know we've talked about this before, but since we're already on the topic, do you think that there's any going to be anything special in the Spartacus thing besides just combining PS Plus and PS Now? Is there uh, more discounts and on on PS PSN? Is there um, PSN, more I mean, games? Yeah, they already do discounts with PS Plus. Like it's not right. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, are they going to add more games to that discount? Are they going to make the discount bigger or um, I imagine it'll be, it might be more tiered. Like, oh, you, if you have just regular PS Plus, you get 10% off. But if you have, like, the full tier, you get 20% off or 30 or whatever. You know, like, you don't think that they will... Like, I, I don't know if... I mean, Sony already kind of does it with PS Plus. But see them doing the same thing like Microsoft where, oh, hey, they're maybe... I guess, like, they do with PS Now now, right? Where the year beginning of each month, they announce, like, three or four games that are being added to PS Now. Do you think it go continues at that clip, or do they start announcing more? We start seeing them actually really try to compete with Microsoft on that end, where it's like maybe ten games or for the whole month instead of just three. No, well, I, I doubt it because the th- the difference is, uh, well, the PS the PS Plus games never go away. Like right, but okay, so like the they do the two the three for PS Plus, but they also announce like three or four for PS Now that get added to that service. So PS Now is I guess what's comparable more to Game Pass because PS Plus is still technically the game for gold equivalent. You know, yeah. stuff doesn't go away. PS Now we just never really hear when stuff goes away because you don't have people paying attention to that as much. But like do you think like let's say if you wanna compete with them on a bigger level, do you think that they'll go after like okay, the two things that we have in the in the dock, right? Rainbow Six um, Extraction and Hitman Trilogy are both coming to Game Pass day and date with their releases of the, the trilogy and then Extraction the day it comes out. Do you think that Sony will do stuff like that with um, the Spartacus or whatever they're going to call that? No, because I don't think Sony cares that much about it. Okay. So you think I, it's I really mean, just going to be a Smash well, and PS Now and PS Plus together? It, it won't be like retro. It won't be like the... Uh, triple a or like the you know what like the mainstream types of game like they don't give it i, I doubt gonna give a fuck about rainbow six so it'll be like stuff like uh rocket league or uh, you know on rush or you know like more indie titles that might need benefit from a wider audience but i don't think they care okay. about getting like the most recent you know triple a game yeah i mean that's fair too right i mean a lot of what game pass has is also indie. yeah uh, you know it's not just Getting that, I mean, they've been doing better about getting the big triple A's and, and being able to do that, like getting two of them the same day, you know, for launch. That's pretty big. You also got another one of the big as well the day before. Nobody saves the world, you know, from Drinkbox who made the Wakamele game, uh, severed and then a few other things. So I'm excited for that game as well coming to there. I do wonder if Sony will use, you know, some of their, their exclusives or their, uh, you know, like, like say, had a Jet the Far Shore um, come out 
during the time where there was a Spartacus or a Solar Ash, would they have put that straight into Spartacus instead of only buying it? That would be an interesting thing to look at as a way to get people to perhaps subscribe to that. Do you think the pricing tiers are going to be similar to what we have with Game Pass? Or do you think perhaps they uh, charge more for if there's going to be three tiers? Do you think that they're going to be charging, let's say, 20 or 25 to get the whole experience? I imagine 20, but I would think that would highly depend on how much old crap you're actually going to offer. Well, I mean, let's say that they just offer everything that's in PS Now right now, right? That's 800 games uh, or plus, right? Yeah, but no one cares. I mean, not many people care about that, as you can tell yeah. by the PS Now popularity. Yeah. But no, if, I mean, if they said, okay, if you have PS, if you have this Spartacus thing, you have access to an emulator that can run any PS1, PS2, or PS3 disc-based game, and we're also going to start selling you old games as well, then I'd sign up day one. But if it's some piecemeal, oh, we only have 10 games backwards compatibility. Okay. I mean... And Microsoft can get away with that, or they... I mean, I wouldn't say get away with, but their their emulation is piecemeal, but it's free. So, yeah, I don't expect every game to work, or, you know, the license every game. Right. But I think they should have done, and I always said this, is if you can't sell games... I don't... I mean, I can understand if you can't sell a game on their service, like, you know, Def Jam Fight for New York. Like, that game has, like, a lot of licensed music in it, obviously, and celebrities and stuff like that. If you have a if you have the disc at your house, you should be able to run that game. That emulator right. can run that game just fine. It's just, you can't license it to sell. But it's like, well, I already got it once. I'm not going to buy it again, necessarily. But yeah, I, don't I, think, I don't think Sony's going to do that anyway, so... <laughs> right, fair. I, so, to ask this question, because it's going to be something that people are going to bring up, obviously. The major component of why Game Pass pushed so hard is that it gets day one release of Microsoft Studios games. Obviously, Sony is not going to go that route. Do hey, you think well, that they'll have like a time frame of when you say a Horizon Forbidden West or a uh, God of War Ragnarok show up? Do you think there's like a Oh, let's say in six months you'll get this game on the service. Uh, a year, or you don't think they'll do any any of that. It's based on sales and whatever. There's no actual. You can kind of expect one every a certain time of time, uh, time frame. Well, I mean, they have they have done both. They have offered like Horizons or Dawn for free, even if you weren't part of PS Plus. It just took like three years. Right, that was it. part of that when everybody was at home. Uh, you know, and they they've yeah. tried. Sony has tried occasionally to do, like, essentially, like, Starter, or, like, it's this stupid God Hand game that does that, where it's, like, not the full game, but it's, like, right. the pared-down experience, or, like, Yeah, Drive like, Club. you get, like, let's say you get to do, like, a trial, like, the first five or so hours. Yeah. Uh, like, the EA Play thing, basically. So you right. think it could be like that, where you get to try out any of these big games for a certain amount of time, and then, well, you have to buy it to get the rest. I mean, maybe, but, I mean, at a certain point, you should know if you're going to buy God of War or not. Right. Like, no, but that's what I mean. Like, okay, so not day and date, but say, okay, I don't know what they're going to announce in this announcement whenever it does get announced. I mean, the only thing that I mean, supposedly we know is that it might come out in December. Whenever it is, at whatever state of play that they decide to announce it, do you think that they'll be like straight up just say every six months you can expect the first party game to hit into Spartacus? Or they're just not going to mention that at all and it becomes something we figure out by... I I think it all I think it all depends on the game. Like if the game is popular, then no, they're not going to offer it as part of Spartacus because it'll keep selling. It'll yeah. want to make sales off it. They're not stupid, right? Okay. But if it's, it's one, if, 
But if it's like, you know, uh drive club where it didn't sell at all, then they're going to. Yeah. Well, Maybe in like a couple of months, it's already on there. Yeah. Or like this new Gran Turismo game, which uh, also won't sell. <laughs> oh, it'll sell. There's people that love Gran Turismo and they've been waiting a long time for that. Now, to be fair, the last one they came out with still didn't sell as well as um, I think six. I mean, that's but, the problem is like Gran yeah. Turismo, like Gran Turismo used to be a, a very much a flagship franchise. The PS4 ones, no one cared. And even the right. PS3 ones, you know, people cared kind of, but I mean, even those were like not as good. Yeah. And it doesn't help that Forza is like literally eating Gran Turismo's lunch every day. Like, right. And then there's going to be another Forza. Yeah. Uh, the, the actual one that competes with Gran Turismo directly. Yeah. Uh, coming out this year. So. Uh, but it'll probably be if it does come out, it'll be around the same time. Uh, no, it'll be Christmas or Thanksgiving, yeah, yeah, November, yeah. But I mean, yeah, it'll be it'll be much more of a case by case basis. Like even if Spartacus launched tomorrow, they're gonna go like, oh, God of War, Ragnarok will be day and date. It'll be like, no, at least a year from now, you may be able to get it. That's about it. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, thought on that too. I mean, so another thing that was doesn't really have to do with this, but. It's something else that's come up now because God of War coming out, you know, yesterday we see, and it's selling well. It got up to like, I think 50,000, uh, concurrents yeah. playing God of War on, on Steam, uh, which is a pretty big number for a game that's already been out. Yeah. Uh, you know, so do you think that we, you know, we already have, uh, Uncharted at the end of this coming collection, the Lost Legacy and Uncharted 4. Do you think that this starts a snowball? And and with the story that came out that Corey Barlog and other Sony developers have been pushing and pushing and pushing Sony to release their games on PC, do you think that we start seeing Sony lessen the window of when these games come to PC? Or is it I, always going to be two or three years? I think it'll always be two or three years, at least two years. You they, think so? They, you don't think there's ever a, a, a time where they say, oh, you know what? I think we need to start closing this gap. We're really making some money with this. like. Let's make it six months, a year. I don't think we ever get to that point. No, because I still want people to buy it for the PlayStation console first. And if it's I mean, like, oh, but it, it doesn't necessarily hurt console sales, right? This is just another revenue. It it will hurt cons it will hurt console sales in the long run because if that's your expectation. Why would you ever buy a PS five? It's still a year to wait to play a freaking awesome game like God of War Ragnarok. I mean, that's a but, long time to wait. Not not really. But I mean, that's the thing is it's if the if the time frame is lessened, like oh, it's only three months for a Sony game to appear on PC, as opposed to two or three years, then yeah, I just wait if I, if I have good enough PC. I went ahead and asked the poll of people on, on at least on on you know that follow me on Twitter. There, this was the the actual final number. I I mean, it still has the whole day, so it'd be probably bigger by the time uh, we get to the end uh, of it. But might as well look at where it is. Uh, right now i had it here um either way it looks like there's a now i don't know i mean this is probably a lot of hopeful people right not necessarily always uh looking at it from a perspective of this is what i think will happen so right now with 33 percent of the vote you got day one you got 16 percent saying one to three months uh the smallest amount is from four to six and then the the one the winner right now is six to 12 months the majority of people are saying that they feel like it might get lowered to anywhere from six to 12 months. I had a people that uh, replied and, and said the same thing, uh, two or three, two to three months or two to three years would still be the, the normal for most of these games. Right now, 
to be fair, they are putting in games that are super old. Um, so right now they're not having to face they They still have plenty of games that they can put out and get, get money for. But with these coming, right? The horizon, horizon Forbidden West, God of War, uh, Gran Turismo is, is one that people like to play. You know, you think that at some, so, so you don't think at all that they ever just say, ah, you know what? It's been long enough. By the end of the year, Horizon's out there on. No, because uh, because Sony values having a console, and like Microsoft okay. doesn't. Thought I would ask ask that question. I I do think at some point that they lower that gap. I think at some point we're going to get to. I mean, it might maybe a only, year. I would say one to two years at at bare minimum, but two to three yeah. is much more likely. I think they do eventually lower that gap to at least a year. Like by the time you get to that next year they're already going to be releasing. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, say, by the time we get to January next year, they're promoting Horizon Forbidden West being going to show up on PC pretty quick. Well, uh, we can mark this, you can mark this episode in time frame, time stamp down. And- okay, we'll, we'll mark it. Episode 298, an hour and something in, I said for Horizon Forbidden West should be announced for PC and showing up at some point in, in 2022. We'll we'll definitely see if that's what happened. But yeah, let's let's move on from from there. Death Stranding director's cut's not going to come to PC. Speaking of, of course, that was always had a PC port, and nobody had the regular PC port, so that's yeah. not that surprising. Uh, a lot of people have been enjoying director's cut. Um, I was listening to the the game of the year Fire Escape cast. Yeah, I was um, too. Dan was saying that he really, really he he was pushing so hard to uh, make Death Stranding director's cut. Uh, available for a game of the year choice and uh until until mary rightfully shut that shit down yeah until mary <laughs> shut that down as as should be as should be done um you know it's not really a 2021 game of the year for putting in games that are uh from other years um also the fact that he like he, he vehemently hated it when it came out and he's like, uh, yeah well not, not now this one adds a stupid bike you can drive around it's like that's not of course it makes the game more fun though right <laughs> It's not. It's, it takes away some of the concept of the game, but it did make the game more fun. I guess yeah. that's that's something. Uh, but speaking of a game that that ha- also had a director's cut, uh, Ghost of Tsushima sold eight million copies, and this drew the ire of Jeff Ross, Days Gone director, um, because he noted that Days Gone has sold more than that, and they Sony made them feel like at the time. I guess you know we've. Uh, Noted this before with Square Enix about how they almost every one of their Western games they talk about how it doesn't sell well enough. Um, Sony made them feel like eight million wasn't enough for Days Gone, and and that they did not want to continue with a sequel. And then he's gone on to actually give some verbiage about what would have been in the sequel for Days Gone. I mean, as somebody that played it, Mark, and and liked played, that game, I played both or, those. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I'm saying okay, you played reviewed days gone i remember you having issues with it would you have been in for a sequel have you read that thing that he talks about what that he would have added to the game and everything else not, like, yeah not really because he's like oh you can have neurotech or he's like oh you can find all yeah, the neurotech uh-huh. who cares you know you're still trying around a stupid bike you're still trying to, you're still playing like a lame character that that's the thing that he said would for sure be kept was yeah the, um, um I mean, I don't know about you. I read this as him being incredibly petty. Yeah, he even like put down some of the team as well, which was weird to me. Why would you put down your team at that point? And, well, uh, here's the, the thing is, is uh, 
okay, Days Gone. Let, let's say this they sold the same amount. Let, let's say it was eight million, even though this guy says Days Gone sold more. How much did each game take or cost to make? Yeah, well, I mean, he, he doesn't he doesn't talk about that. He, he didn't say like, oh, Days Gone cost forty million and go cost sixty, and that's why you know it, we sh- we should get a sequel. And also, you have to look at critical reception. Like, hey, sales are yeah. important, but they could make a sequel to Ghost of Tsushima a lot more people would want that a lot more readily than some stupid, you know, biker zombie game. Yeah, I mean, that's also kind of, that's that hurt Days Gone a lot as well. It did not have uh, the greatest critical reception when it first came out. There was some jank to it and yeah, and everything. Um, also, I think Ghost of Tsushima told a, I mean, they can do a sequel and they probably will, but it told a very self-contained, ultimately self-contained story. Like, right. Days Gone literally ended like a cliffhanger. Yeah, because he always had the intention of making what he says would have been then the definitive edition or definitive version of Days Gone and making it. It's like, why didn't you put that in the first game then? You know, uh, he says he ran out of time, right? I mean, that game got that game got announced a while ago. So, I mean, from I think it took him at least three or four years to make. Yeah, no, I mean, it was uh, got announced in like E three twenty sixteen. So you know, it had at least yeah, like you said, three or four, five years to to be in development, but. I don't think that's really comparable. I kind of, I can see where he's coming from and saying that I'm upset because you're making me feel like, oh, we sold that much, but you didn't make us feel like it was a big deal. And actually it is. Again, my response to that would be sales are important, but also critical reception is important. Right. And your game wasn't bad. It, it was merely average or it had a few interesting ideas, but they were ultimately kind of screwed up by worse, you know, other bad ideas. So Ghost of Tsushima is not, not like the best game ever. It's not a perfect game, but on the whole, it's a much more enjoyable experience to play. Hoping that uh, we're going to have something enjoyable to play on the PlayStation VR 2. We did get a feature set for the PlayStation VR 2, and I thought there was some really interesting stuff announced here um, in that much different than the let's say PSVR one, you don't have to have, uh, you don't have the camera separated. The camera's inside the headset. So you're, everything you do, you move your head, your, uh, everything is all has to do with that. There's no me having to figure out where the camera is and it's much more freeform, but it does still have that single cord. It's not wireless. Yeah. Um, at least it's not the, the miss, the whole mixture of cords that, uh, you the, know, we, the first one we had the breakout yeah. box. Yeah, exactly. They, you know, they announced that it's going to have the 4K support, and I think like 2,000 by 2,000 in each eye. And there was, uh, I did the whole uh, for it on uh, Outer Haven, but that was well, like two weeks ago. Uh, at this point, did you see anything in in the PSVR announcement that that makes you feel like, oh, maybe they're going to support this more? It's it worth the investment as opposed to the first one? I mean, not really, because they only showed, like, the one game. Or, like, <laughs> right, the, the Horizon Call of the Mountain. Yeah. The one thing that made me kind of not not wonder, but kind of scratch my head at was, like, the haptic feedback in the headset. Uh, yeah. That sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's going to be good or not. I it, it was a little bit frightening, I think, the, the whole, oh, you're going to be able to hear a bullet whoosh by your... And you're going to be able to feel when, like you're saying, that somebody's punching you or... Or whatever is that going to be a great experience? Yeah, uh, for anyone, it, it's you know? weird because I think like VR is not doing too well right now. Like there are 
Oculus comes out the, the, the occasional game for it, but you don't hear right. about a ton of other... I mean, it is really Oculus and Facebook pushing it because of the metaverse and, and all that. You know, um, Facebook's really pushing it. I don't really hear much about the Vive anymore, though. Oh, no. Um, I mean, they'll make it, and Steam VR is still around, obviously, but, like, I think I think Valve is done with VR as a, a you know a platform. But do you think this Horizon game is going to be an actual game, or you think it's no. going to be like the Batman where it's it'll a, be that, or you know, it'll be really dumb because that's what it seems like to me. Like, okay, what you're showing me is for one, you're not Aloy, you're somebody else, right? Um, I assume Aloy might be somebody that t- takes you through uh, yeah. the game or whatnot, but it seemed like it was more focused on oh, look at the beans, how big they are, all that. You know, it's not. <laughs> Well, you're going to be taking these down. And or to be like, and, explore yeah. this old city uh, with your focus or that stupid AR thing that Aloy has. Yeah, or maybe it's like a gameplay section. It's not an yeah. entire game. It's you kind of get guided through <laughs> the different parts of, of Horizon, like the different things that you can do. And, but you get to experience that in a, in a VR, which would uh, essentially be a different way of experiencing. Uh, I don't think I agree. I don't think it's going to be like Resident Evil Seven, you know, having that whole experience or Resident Evil Four, which hopefully that gets put in that gets that gets put into the new VR. What I've heard talked about a lot is it feels like they're going to be more open this this go around. It's not going to be in this enclosed environment where it can be only Sony uh, Studios or or these third parties only making things for PSVR. Like they might yeah. actually have ports. Like a lot of people talking about Half Life Alex. Do you think that that could really be happening. I, I think around. it has. I think it has yeah. to. Like they yeah. got away with it the first time because like there wasn't like a big VR ecosystem, right? You know, or it was pretty nascent back then. But like if they tried to say now, like oh, we only have you know Moss Two and uh, Iron Man VR Two. It's like good luck if you don't have like at least most of the uh, Oculus Quest storefront or you know v- Steam VR stuff. Then forget it. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Like, yeah, that's the thing is you're going, I mean, even though you're going to have these experiences, right, you know, call them out and whatever, who knows if Sony Studios aside from maybe having another Astro Bot or an, we know there's going to be another Moss, how many of these studios are going to once again be making games for VR? Are they going to be better experiences than what you already had on PSVR 1? Other than obviously they're going to be looking better, you know, I think, and... Well, I think- the, the fact that the head tracking is all in the camera or like the, you know. Yeah. I love that. that. Yeah. I never got my, I mean, I know you have one too. I never really got my PSVR to work correctly because I have so limited space in my room. Like my quest works fine because it's all, there's no camera. So of course it's fine. Right. Use it not wherever, but. That's what I like too, because where I'm at, I actually have a much bigger living room space. I didn't have that until after I had already sold my PSVR before we moved. So I never really got to experience it the way you should either. I also didn't have the wands, so I couldn't play things like that I know I would have loved, like Beat Saber. The fact that you're going to have controllers that are made for this thing, uh, it's the the virtual, the PSVR 2 Sense controller, and it's, you know, going to have the same things, like, you know, you said, that are in the DualSense controller, that's a plus to me. Like, that's something that makes me excited to finally, like, oh, I can finally play some of the stuff that I didn't get to play the first time around. Or play those type of experience with VR. Plus, I had the space to move around, and you can have a better sense of awareness that you don't have when you're having to play everything towards a camera that's sitting there stationary. Those are pluses. The one I did ask this as well on Twitter, but I accidentally erased it because I had to read the um, the poll because I put it in a different uh, way the first time. I think I'd gotten it like like thirty or. 
40 responses by then, but how much do you think this is going to cost? That's my biggest question. We bought it when it went on a sale around Thanksgiving, I think, like, and it was like 200 and something like that. And it had Astrobot and Moss in it. Do you, there was people telling me that they think it's going to cost the same as the console. It's going to cost $500. No, uh, I, I, think, I think at max 400 I could see them trying to hit three, but I doubt this technology in mind, they could. I would uh, love it if they could hit three, but I would hope that they stop it. Because yeah. if you make it the same price as the console, you're asking people to essentially buy two PS5. Right. To, or, yeah. I mean, if, if it, I could see them doing like a bundle, like 300 just the base thing, 400 to get like a few games. Yeah, I could see that. It won't be five. They'd... I mean, the Oculus Quest is, is like isn't even five hundred. It's like I think that's actually three. so. Yeah, that's the thing is they have a lower price coming in the market, and these are. I mean, these are great specs, right? But they're are they better than the Quest? Or are they? It, it's a, it, they're better specs technically, but it's always a it's always like weird trade offs, right? Because okay. also the Quest is you know a year old. So, do you think that actually comes out? This is supposed to come, especially with all these chip shortages. Like no. I wonder if it has to use those chips, though, because, like, why would you even have this in production if you know you can't even make a PS5? Yeah. Like, so, like, I'd imagine that perhaps it's not using those same chips. Well, it has to use some of them. Yeah, I mean, it has to use some, but, like, I can't imagine it has to use the full suite of them, because why would you even announce it if you know you're not going to have enough to use the fleet? Of I mean, they could just be announcing it, like, way early and say, hey, it'll be in stores next year. It could be, because it, it they only like, showed one game too. So, right, well, I mean, you still got the whole year to. It's that's CS, not E three. So, I mean, you still got the whole year to announce stuff and say, "Oh, it's coming out in November, October, whatever." I just feel like with all the stuff going on right, now, I don't know that it's going to wind up coming out. I think it'll wind up getting pushed, but yeah, we'll see. I I don't think that's they've already said they don't see the ship shortage getting better, and the problem is they're. It's not just the chips, it's the stuff you make the chips out of well, yeah. are starting to become extremely rare to the point where I think like China is one of the only places that has it, period. So by the time, and there's people that are starting to try to make those on their own or whatever, but by the time you get all that stuff going, it'll already hit another year or perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think if they actually announced PSVR 2, or I mean, if they said it'll be out this year, that's way too soon for the like. That's not even like less interest for the console. So, yeah. I mean, how many more people are really going to have PS5s for that? You know, speaking of something that we know is not going to be happening in twenty twenty two, at least in the physical sense, E three has been canceled again for uh, in person events. It will. We actually don't know right now if it's going to be digital or not. So, do you think there's going to be? A, I do think there's an answer for E three. I think they did what they could last year. I wouldn't be surprised if it's very similar again. I don't think it was a catastrophe or whatever, but there was obviously, you know, all those companies that we had problems with their presentation. Do you yeah. think that eventually that this means like at some point we're going to the end of E3? Like, do you think it's just going to be Jeff Keighley eventually it's Summer Games Fest is the new E3 and that's just what, what it's going to be? Not necessarily, because I think, I mean, the e ESA still wants to put out, put on a big show and he's decidedly not part of the ESA. So I yeah, definitely. I mean, I think eventually E3 will come back. What, what was was it last year or the year before they had that they did that stupid summer of releases? no last year they, it was only the okay. the year before is where they had it, it was like four months. Yeah, that, that was yeah. the awful thing. Yeah, if he, so, if he tries that shit again, I'm gonna I'm gonna like stab him. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely don't want to see it be that again. I think he learned his lesson. I think it was 
it was too much. It was it was a ridiculous, uh, you know, thing to to think that people are going to be sitting there wanting gaming news that often, that much. Um, and I again, I will say that I, I thought it was going to be a good thing, and it wound up not being because it was way better than have, having a two week thing where very much like E three where everybody kind of does their thing, you know what's coming, and that's it. Yeah, I I don't know. I I, I would think that E three is still going to be around and do their thing. Uh, they may wait till later to announce it, but I, I can't imagine they're just going to cancel it. And not. it would be very weird to, to not have any of that, honestly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, they'll have it. I mean, even when they did that strip down E3, like, you know, 20 years ago or 15 years ago, that right. no one liked. Uh, and one more thing we know is not happening for the time being. Stalker 2 has been delayed till December 8th, 2022. It was supposed to come out the end of April. Now it's taking the same release date as Halo Infinite last year. Uh, I mean, this would make it a Xbox exclusive until 2023 now because of time three month. Thing. I like shooters. I was obviously going to play this, I guess, but it's not a huge deal to me. I mean, obviously they're a smaller I mean, independent company, so Stalker is not a shooter. Like, that's well, they have a- shoot. They have shooting elements, but that's yeah. The thing. Well, that's they made a big deal about the guns for this one. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, the biggest deal that they made was, oh, how real the guns are. Yeah, so, but it's try one of those old, older soccer games sometimes and see how well that, that plays. Yeah, it's not coming for a while. I mean, I think the NFT. Yeah, did not. Uh, like, I'm sure that they they were already kind of knew what was going to happen in development. That doesn't help you when a thing that you thought was going to be your revenue source uh, now is you have to cancel it because you have so many people getting angry. Uh, about it so well, don't my, my my uh helpful tip for that would be don't do dumb shit so well I'll tell that to troy baker yeah because mm-hmm. troy baker decided that uh he needs to go do a voice nft with voice um uh, where you will be able to uh well he said he's partnering with voice first nft because he wants to explore ways where together you can bring new tools for id new creators to make new things uh, and allow everybody a chance to own and invest in their own IPs that they create. Um, voice first claims, like imagine being able to create your own customized audiobooks, you videos and e-learning lecture or even podcasts with a favorite voice that you own. Yeah. For one, isn't this kind of trying to do away with voice actors, right? Like, so if you record something and then somebody owns that and then using it. It's like now, uh, now I own the Joel yeah. voice from Last of Us. So, like, I own this now, so you got to pay me every time you got Like, even though it's not really owning it, it's uh, it's also, you're not necessarily, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, it's all dumb. Like, NFTs are stupid to begin with, and then him the, the idea that you can just own someone's voice or own someone's character, you know, vocal character is incredibly stupid. And it would put him out of a job. It's like, now, now I own christopher sabat's vegeta voice so no one else can he, he can't use it anymore and anyone who watches dragon ball z now has to pay me yeah i don't know that's i i, I think the thing that was bad about this is the way that he what are you gonna do uh like create or do nothing like it's like yeah like all right man what, why did you why are you um just being this it it doesn't help you uh or you can hate or you can create it's like Dude, you know what you're doing. You know the state of the gaming industry right now against the NFT. You're not, you're not anybody new. You're the same guy that went to the Washington Post and wanted to start a petition to remove their negative review of, was it Last of Us? 
Like, don't sit there and act like you're you're trying to be better than everybody else and know that you're not coming at this any different than anybody else's. And that's the biggest problem with NFTs. Everybody is coming at it the same way, the same way that nobody wants them because you already know what somebody's going to do. Sega had, uh, pat, you know, they had already applied for a, co- you know, a trademark or whatever for Sega NFT, and then they canceled it right off. Uh, says, ah, well, forget that. We're actually going to explore NFTs. We're going to explore macrogenetics. We're going to explore all of that. It doesn't matter. We're still going to have this. <laughs> and it's like, wow, man. Uh, way to read the room. Well, at least Sega, is, Sega has the brains to not do a dumbass decision, but Square is plowing ahead. Yeah, I just, this, it, you know, like Square is a company that they make Final Fantasy VII. They know what that game stands for. Then we're going to do it the ab- absolute opposite of that but still i get it all these companies want money you know but this is not going to be the way to do that at some point the blockchain is going to go down and nfts are not going to be they're going to be a thing people are going to be talking about they're going to be a thing that every almost every company is going to try to put in some way but until somebody comes in and tries to do differently and actually show you how you can do it i don't think it's going to work and i think the worst thing also is the mike shinoda thing if you saw that where he yeah i did he tried to well, tell he, everybody. He, he's like, why can't you just use the same gun skin in Minecraft and Call of Duty and Battlefield and a whole bunch of other shit? Yeah, I mean, th- this makes uh, it makes no sense how um, how you're going to have developers to say, hey, you can put everybody's thing in everybody's game all you want. It doesn't matter. They're, they're going to somehow make it work for you because you own this NFT. So how does that help EA to put their game or put uh, an uh, Call of Duty NFT inside Battlefield when they don't get to make anything off of that. Right. And well, it costs them money to make it because they have to make sure, you know, whatever Call of Duty skin is compatible with the EA, EA game. Yeah. It's like, wow. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. And the the faster people realize that um, and stop, again, stop coming at it the same way. Like the thing was that Mike Shinoda sitting there having developers tell him how this doesn't work and keeps on and on about it. I eventually, he, no, he, I, he, I, he, I did see one where a, a, yeah. I think an animation guy went through like a 30 tweet thing about how it's dumb. And then Mike Shinoda was like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, I mean, but it took that to him to finally like realize, oh, yeah. Oh, you can't do this. Right. Like, you know, it's so weird that these people that know nothing about what that is thinking that this is some pie in the sky thing that's going to make and then the 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 funny thing where you have uh these guys that get their their pick their nft stolen right oh yeah people show you how dumb it is because oh i can just save that picture and i own that picture like you just own a receipt you don't own the picture this is what i tweeted i this is a bit ago but i said what would you rather have an, an, an NFT of the Mona Lisa or the actual painting, like which has which has actual value. It, this is crazy. Uh, sorry, there are people uh, that Doing are bringing stuff. groceries into my my apartment here, so I turned off the camera. Like the uh, only people that actually care about NFTs are like the NFT like dude bros. It's not actual like yeah, no, the crypto bros and the NFTs and and it's like again when that stuff ends, they'll eventually realize that all doing all this stuff with the blockchain. Nah, man, at, at some point. You guys are gonna realize that that stuff's just—it's a fad that will go away. And I mean, even if I mean, it ever does become implemented into game, it's never gonna be. I don't know that people are gonna be able to stop it all the time. There's gonna be a big company like Ubisoft. There's gonna be a big enough company that says we don't care what you guys think. 
uh, the gaming public at large, we're going to go after the whales that don't care, just like in mobile games. Right? Yeah. We're going to do that. They're going to be like, look, we don't care. It's about our money. We're the one making the game. You want to keep playing our games? You got to deal with it. Um, and people would have so, spoke, nope, we're good. Yeah, I did. Like, I just think there's going to be a, a company like Ubisoft or somebody else that's, uh, you're not going to be able to stop us from doing it. And, and then who knows? Maybe that's Square Enix after that. Is that somebody else after that that says, and then it, that's the way it gets implemented. Uh, you know, an Activision or EA or whatever that says, and then eventually once one company makes it okay, it starts becoming a thing where it doesn't matter whether people get mad about it or not. I, I just think that unfortunately we're going to have this problem where eventually someone's going to make their way in and, and we're not going to be able to stop it. So, yeah. uh, as much as I hate to say, we might want to learn to live with it because this is going to come up the entire year. We might want to start learning to, to live with it. Not to say that you shouldn't go after people that want to do it, uh, like with Stalker, like with Sega, like with so many others. Well, Sega stopped yeah. it. So yes. good on them. Yeah, but it's we'll Konami see if Square Enix and... Yeah, Konami already sold them, right? Konami sold... They sold one, which is... Uh, what is it? Of Castlevania. Castlevania that they made like $26,000 off of or something. It's ridiculous. See, that's the thing. That's what people are going after. You find that crazy person that'll pay for essentially a picture, $26,000. Like, you know, that's, that's nuts. Almost with some, someone as crazy to pay $4,500 for a pair of headphones. At least those headphones work. Uh, for five minutes. But they stopped working after that, too? No, the connector still works, but I mean, like, the audio is reversed now, and he's already returning them. That's, I mean, it, it's nuts to me that it's just like, it's uh, uh, like a, a, a piece of Dracula's castle pixel art. That's what's going to go for 26000 bucks. Come on. I mean, I bought that uh, Castlevania thing from Limited Run. I ordered one, like, yesterday. The, oh, $200, yeah. the $200 one. All right. But hey, I'm actually getting physical shit. So that <laughs> again, yeah. But you're getting something for it, right? Yeah. So that's the point. You're getting something. Uh, sadly, we're gonna have to keep talking about this. So, so get ready for it. I I think the uh, the last thing we're probably gonna talk about here is uh, the Take Two buying of Zeniga for twelve point seven billion dollars. That's with a B. I mean, it's it's amazing to me. Don Matrick has come full circle. <laughs> of having this company and then uh gets to sell it off to take two uh take two apparently is still looking to buy things uh but they want to take basically their franchises that you know and love um you know know and love is a relative term and put that onto yeah so your borderlands your gta your, your bioshocks i guess all that i mean you, you just listed two game two franchises that are already on mobile but i guess to find other things you know like I guess find a way to make them into social brands, you know, whatever. I mean, the problem the problem is also like, you know, GTA and XCOM and uh, not XCOM, GTA and Bioshock are on mobile. Yeah. I don't want to play those games on a mobile device. I know you're, into, I know you're into that shit more than I am, but like, I'd rather play a game that is tailor made that is a much smaller game or bite sized game. Yeah. And hey, we ported Bioshock two to the to the iPhone. Go play there. It's like, yeah, I'm sure that's oh, really gonna okay. be well. I'll play a game that is made for mobile. Yeah. I don't want to play a game that's made for, uh, unless I'm playing it through the cloud and that's just the way I'm playing it. But I don't want to buy a game like, okay, my favorite game of all time. The only two you can buy it aside from a, D, a DS is mobile or PC. I own the PC version. I played it, you know, you're, here you're and talking there. About, 
You might want to name the game. Chrono, Chrono Trigger, Trigger, yeah, sorry. You know, they've never put that on Switch or on any of the other newer consoles. If I wanted to buy that on mobile, because let's say that they said, for some reason or another, it was never going to come to any of the newer consoles for some legal reason or some other. Okay, I'll buy that, right? Or or uh, playing uh, Fantasian, Miss Walker's like, it's supposed to be a really good game. I don't have an iPhone, so I don't have, I can't get Apple Arcade. I'll play that, right? It's made for the phone. But I don't want to play a console game on the phone. But this is what they're alluding to, right? They're trying to take these franchises and make the phone-only game for console, for for uh, for your phone, for, to make these like special phone-only games, like you know the, the WWE card games, all that other stuff that we see uh, a bunch. Like there's a Madden Mobile, all that. Yep. They want to take those franchises and make them into something. That is a bad idea, though, because Zynga's not like a great developer for that. Yeah, I mean they're used to making like Farmville and things like that. I mean, I mean they, they do make Supercard, like WWE Supercard, but like that's not a game, <laughs> you know. We're gonna play like GTA Supercard. I, I play my level four uh, Cloud against Cloud Sped or whatever the, hell, the GTA three guys name against your level guy from GTA San Andreas. <laughs> like it's dumb, but if they want to buy a buy a company that won't really help them out, go for it. Yeah, I mean. To be fair, Zeniga's been buying developers, so they've been trying to improve their... You mean Take-Two? Well, no, Zeniga's been buying mobile developers in it's... this time frame before they got bought by Take-Two and trying to buy other, like, developers to add to their whole, like, suite of, I guess, mobile maker, mobile game makers. And I think that's what they were trying to build to, basically. They were trying to get big enough to where they got on somebody's radar and they got on Take-Two's radar and they got yeah. bought. I think this is... I mean, this is great for Zenega. Zynga. Zynga. I, th- I think I'm thinking of like the, the Astral Zenega thing. <laughs> but no. either way, um, I think the great, like, I don't know. The ha- we don't really know until later how big a deal this is. For- the um, only game yeah. that like Take-Two makes that could see, or, you know, that they have that could be like, a good Zynga game might be like Bully. The 2K game being on mobile could be helpful if you're playing, wanting to play mobile basketball. Or- I mean, they already have that. Mm-hmm. I know, but I'm just saying like, you know, you can make more spinoffs of that or, or whatever, but I don't know exactly what games necessarily they're looking for to do, or they're just trying to make another kind of uh, mobile GTA or uh, mobile Borderlands or whatnot. But even yeah. if they, they make these, like, I guess, remember when Marvel had the all those different Facebook games? Right. They're trying to do that, you know, and they, those kind of did well for a while. Not anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, not anymore because most people, a lot of people aren't on just Facebook playing games. Yeah, I, again, I think this is going to be something that we're just going to have to wait and see how that's going to go uh, as far as what this is really for, for Zing, for not Zynga necessarily, but um, for Take-Two in the long run. Uh, there is that Fallout TV series that's still happening. They need to cast uh, Ron Perlman. <laughs> and it's going to be on Amazon Prime. Uh, you know, They're the same ones that are trying. To, I don't know if they actually sealed the deal or they're still trying to go after a deal to get Mass Effect as a series as well. Uh, so I guess this is the new hot thing. We're going to, everybody's going to go after a video game and start trying to make it into a TV series like The Witcher or Halo. Yeah. But I mean, the Halo one was in before all this stuff, right? It was just in like development. Yeah. Uh, you know, so like The Witcher kind of made people be like, oh, wow, this can actually happen. Yeah. Right? So um, I, I mean, mean I'm, yeah. TV shows are much better medium for video games than, you know, a movie. Well, yeah, because you can flesh out more of the story that way. The movies are okay if you're going to tell your own story, I think. 
Um, or something like Uncharted that's basically already a movie, you know, or if it's something that doesn't really have uh, much of a plot, like Sonic, I guess. But anything that has some kind of lore, it's always like, going to be better to have a TV like, show. Like Warcraft or Assassin's Creed? <laughs> yeah, or Assassin's Creed. Or, I mean, but even Ubisoft has uh, started not caring so much about that lore. Hey guys, just letting you know that we had an internet outage at my place, and... Because of what was happening at the time when I was recording there at the end, I kind of just ended it there. Uh, Mark had actually gone off the recording as well on StreamYard. Uh, We just kind of cut it short there. We will talk about the Dying Light 2, all the stuff with the, you know, went from 500 hours to 80 hours to 20 hours to now it's uh, apparently going to be a five-year thing. We'll talk about all that on Wednesday night. It'll be Thursday for you guys by the time you uh, get to hear this. Uh, Do remember we're also going to be doing the uh, Fantasy Critic Draft as well with Randy, Daniel, and Jens. Uh, along with Mark and I, so get ready next week. Should be really fun getting to do all of the fantasy critic draft and figuring out who's going to pick what game. And, you know, if you've listened to it all, should be interesting to see if we get to pick some of our favorite games that we were really anticipating or we're going to go with more games that we think are going to actually be more critically known or anything. So let's see what happens when we get to that day. But for now, uh, thank you for listening to this week's show. Uh, thank you for watching. If you watched on YouTube or on Twitch Live or anything like that, really appreciate it. Hope um, you guys keep tuning in. Remember, you can follow us. Uh, follow me on Twitter, WTimSean. You can follow Mark at Humanity Plague, uh, and you can go and follow the whole network at WT Network and subscribe to the whole network. You get everything we do. Uh, not not just this show, but all the entertainment and all the sports stuff and everything else. Um, again, we'll be back on Thursday. Uh, at some point for you guys here on the man on the podcast, doing that fantasy critic draft, talking about uh, for sure nobody saves the world. Uh, I see some places say that uh, Rainbow Six Extraction comes out on the 19th, some places are saying it's the 20th. So I might be able to talk about that game as well, along with the Dying Light 2 stuff and then whatever else, that there's something really, really important that we need to get to before we talk about the draft. So again, sorry for the long little outro here, but... Felt like I had to explain why there it just kind of cuts off there for no reason. So uh, at least now you got the explanation, and we'll see you on Thursday. Bye, everybody.